Welcome to the podcast Bench Talk. I'm Jo Hilditch, High Sheriff of Herefordshire. Today I'm talking to Beth Forty, who is a breast cancer survivor. We're going to talk about her journey over the last 18 months of diagnosis, treatment and recovery and much more besides. She's only young, but her resilience is very clear to see. Today's Bench Talk comes from a bench in one of Yelena's treatment rooms, where Beth has spent some time over the last year or so having her six free treatments. Hello, Beth. Hello, Joe. <laughs> so, so tell me a bit about where you're from. Are you from Herefordshire in the first place? Yes, born and bred in Hereford. Uh, briefly left for university and then I came back. I am married. Um, I've been with my husband now for nearly 25 years. He's local as well to Hereford. Good long time. Uh, yeah, good long time. And I have two boys um, and we, are, we live in North Hereford at Credden Hill. Were you working when you were diagnosed? Uh, yes, I was working. It was just the end of the COVID, well, I say pandemic, the first, <laughs> the first lockdown. Um, so I was working, yes. Did you get COVID at the beginning? Yes, I got COVID at the beginning in March 2020. Don't or- tell me you went to Cheltenham. I did go to Cheltenham <laughs> races, yes. <laughs> and through caution to the wind, I decided that everyone else in my open plan office was going anyway. So if I didn't go and they caught COVID, I'd catch COVID too. So I may as well go. So that's what I did. But but that was before you mm. found your breast cancer. So how, how did you discover it? Yes. So um, it was actually after my work's Christmas party. I spoke to one of my colleagues who had recently said she'd had a scare. Um, and she checked her breasts and her lump, which was um, nothing to worry about. So... I went home that weekend and thought, well, I'm in the bath, I'm going to check my breasts. And I, lo and behold, I found a lump. So heart goes in your mouth um, and booked an appointment to the doctors and the rest is history. Had you had breast screening before then? Because it's important to be screened if you can, but I guess you hadn't. No, I hadn't because of my age, because Mm. obviously I'm under 50, it's not routine to have mammograms. Um, but I did check my breasts ad hoc from time to time. I must admit, it wasn't monthly, but I did check them. And was it a particular kind of breast cancer? I guess they all are, aren't they? Yeah, so it's quite a rare form of breast cancer I had um, called invasive lobular breast cancer, which starts in the lobules of the breast as opposed to the ducts. Um, And it's quite rare in the fact that it grows in sheets. It's really sneaky um, and you can't see it easily on scans and finding a lump I guess must be quite lucky yeah it was really lucky because obviously I'd had it for some time possibly a few years and it had grown kind of back on itself um so I was able to find a lump um but my breasts are quite lumpy anyway I previously could have dismissed it as a gland because of covid you had to go to all your appointments on your own did you yeah, so the first appointment, my husband chucked me out of the car and in I went on my own. Uh, I got diagnosed on my own and all of my treatment um, was on my own. So it was lonely, but it became something that I was used to. Yeah, very, it sounds like a very lonely journey. I mean, I think probably being diagnosed with cancer is quite a lonely journey anyway, isn't it? It is. Um, I mean, you kind of reflect on everything a lot goes through your mind um, a lot's unspoken it's one of those things you can only really talk about to other people who've been 
uh, in the same situation. What did you find to be the most reassuring things that you had around you and the things that gave you positivity? My main um, beacons of light, shall I say, were my children. I often called them my batteries because when I was low, particularly through chemotherapy, um, although they didn't see me for the first couple of days after my chemo, as my lovely mum had them every time, um, when they came back, they would really give me that, you know, energy to get out of the bed and, and go. My husband as well, yes, bless him. <laughs> he was mainly in the background working in the other room, um, but he was he was there to make my drinks and get me a cake if I wanted a cake or, you know, he, he doesn't cook much bless him but he was there for me so so you've had a you've had quite a long journey of it what just can you take me through the phases of of what happened so diagnosis yeah so lump december 2020 um diagnosis january 2021 um so you get a two-week appointment uh, is the nhs um waiting time they adhere to so i was seen within two weeks saw a consultant, um, you have mammogram, biopsy, so I had a breast MRI, a brain MRI, CT scan, then I had a single right mastectomy with no reconstruction, uh, then chemotherapy, and then I had a lymph node removal, more surgery, radiotherapy, and hormone treatment. (laughs) And it's not finished yet. (laughs) And what was the period of that? Um, so the period of time of that is that is a is a year so far. So it's been a year, mm. and you've still got more treatments to have. Yeah. So um, I've actually discussed with my oncologist this week the hormone treatment because it's kind of a real shock to the system. Um, because my cancer is highly estrogen positive, that means I can't um, have periods anymore. I have to go through the menopause. So I'm currently in my medical menopause. I'm in by about four months um, through medication, which is a real shock because you can't have HRT, mm. can't have any of that. It's just, boom, estrogen gone, side effects, hello. Tell me about your kind of spirituality and your soulfulness, I guess. You you've must have found some inner strength to go through this. Yeah, that's been really important to me on this journey. I'm very spiritual anyway, um, but practising mindfulness um, daily... And just finding one thing that you're grateful for every day. So that could just be opening the curtains and it being a nice day or, I don't know, seeing a squirrel in the tree. Um, That really helped me. Um, And also meditation, which I tended to do kind of twice a week, usually in the bath. Um, Although I had to be careful because I had a pick line in my arm for my chemo, which stayed in for five months. And I used to have a bath twice a week with all my crystals and candles and just kind of recenter. Really important to do that because you can get so consumed in the the misery and the sadness and the what ifs and why and mm. um, I found it really comforting to me. And how has it been, you know, in, in Herefordshire, in the national health and with COVID around, have, have you been well looked after? Yeah, really well looked after. I mean, initially it was lonely, um, as I mentioned previously, because you go to the appointments on your own. Um, However, the nurses, the breast nurses, the chemo team are all fabulous and everybody's in the same boat. It doesn't matter what age you are. I mean, if you're 
my age, younger. I saw people, unfortunately, younger than me within the unit, older than me. You all come together in a real community and you've got that support in the Renton unit. But your prognosis is good now. Yes, it is good. Feeling positive. I do get my down days because I have my my one-year check next month in two weeks, actually. There's obviously that fear as Mm. to, has it completely gone? When they scan me, um, you know, what will be there? But you you just have to remain positive. Um, will somebody be able to do. come with you to that one? I hope so. If not, I mean, it, my husband said that. Can I come with you this time? And there's part of me which thinks, do I actually want him to? Mm, because imagine. I've been through this all on my own. And if it is, you know, if there were to be bad news again, then I'd be able to deal with it on my own. And if it's good news, then great, you know. Don't need anyone to support. No, I can imagine that. So I'll probably do it on my own, I think. Being, being a woman too, and obviously having two breasts, how, how does it feel having just one? Do, does it make you feel, I, mean, I hate to ask this, but is it a little unwhole? How, how does it feel mentally? Yeah, definitely. First of all, I really thought that I could cope with it. And, you know, I kind of felt like, yeah, this is my scar and... I'm Wonder Woman and, you know, I can deal with this. But then as the summer months came and you see people, particularly um, if you're swimming or on the beach and they've got a lovely set of breasts and I'd look and think, I've only got one. Are you going (laughs) Um, to have reconstruction? I think so. It is something I've thought long and hard about. Um, I definitely would like the other breast to be removed um, because there is a chance the breast cancer could return in that breast and if I have it removed then I would like um, reconstruction for both Um, but a a nice small pair (laughs) yeah but it would have to be made from my stomach um, or my back or my bum because I can't have an implant because there is no uh, skin there's nothing available to put anything in to keep the implant in there must be some black humor around having one breast yeah there definitely is I mean it's it's kind of it's the topic of conversation, whether I'm in the office or uh, out drinking, and I'll often make a joke. My friends know that I often take my prosthetic out and put it in my bag, so we often <laughs> say, you know, have, have you got your boob in your bag? <laughs> to which I have, well, what boob have you got today? Because I've got a variety of different breasts from Knitted Knocker to, which is another charity, <laughs> Knitted Knocker to a silicone to a, a, a soft breast. I've got loads. And I imagine that it must put, it must be difficult for your relationships sometimes. Is it, how have your relationships worked with your kids and your husband and your family, I guess, your mum? Yeah, I mean, it's been very difficult um, if we take my husband first of all, because I feel there, there kind of was no real support for him. He He didn't, he was the one who suffered initially. Um, he was the one who, who who didn't know what to say, didn't know what to do, uh, didn't know how to address me, didn't know whether to touch me or, you know, how I would feel. So it, it's been very tricky. And um, with my children, again, the same. I mean, children are very literal and matter of fact. My eldest son said, Mum, can I catch it? I said, no. <laughs> okay, great. Are you going to die? I said, No. So that was it. He was satisfied then that, you know, mum is going to be okay. However, until obviously I st- when I started chemotherapy and they started to see the effects of my treatment, that's when that's when my children became, you know, more concerned. And um, my mum actually, she came to look after me the one week 
um, because my husband wanted to go fishing. That's his main hobby, it's mm-hmm. carp fishing. And I said, yeah, of course you can, you can go fishing. And mum came to look after me and although she thought she'd seen everything, she hadn't. When she was staying with me, I think it kind of hit home how poorly I really was because she hadn't seen it. Mm. I think, you know, you either need to go through it or see it to really kind of know how it affects people. Mm. And how is the how are the schools with the the school with the kids? Yeah, fabulous. Um the headmistress, she rang me of Credden Hill Primary School almost straight away to say if there's anything you need and I'm really sorry of your diagnosis and um, because of COVID, you know, if the kids want to stay off, I'm, you know, I'll authorise that. So she, she's been fabulous and, and so's uh, my son's teachers. People great. are really kind, aren't they? Yeah, you don't realise people's kindness until you're in a situation like this. Mm. You really don't. I've had so much kindness, it's unbelievable. Um, my friend actually did a fundraiser for myself and my husband to go away and we raised, that. she raised a ridiculous amount of money and we had a trip to Saundersfoot um, oh, some brides yeah. um, which was really nice um, but yeah people's kindness is second to none and I think that's another thing that keeps you going is is the little gifts that people get you just the phone calls or the messages to check in they mean a lot and do, and do the kids have other ways of coping yes they did um, so my eldest actually attended the Hope Charity um, which is based in ross on but initially, because of COVID, um, his sessions were via uh, Zoom or WhatsApp um, video with um, his support worker, Julia. So it's one-on-one um, and group support for children whose family members have been affected by a cancer diagnosis. So that could be their parent or a grandparent. And they have kind of ways um, of coping or coping strategies for children Uh, expressed through drawing or speech or poetry or story writing and Jude my eldest son he had um, weekly sessions with Julia and then when they got back up and running again after Covid these sessions are every month at the Life and Soul Kitchen and they get to meet with other children in the same scenario um, which is brilliant. And it's really helped my son. Yeah, I've met them. It's a, it's a great charity, that, isn't it? Fabulous. What, are, what about um, social media, which can be our bane or it can be hugely helpful? Has it, has it been for you? It's been a godsend, actually. Um, because of the pandemic and being diagnosed in these COVID times, I turned to Facebook. My, my first thought was, are there any groups? What can I What can I do? So I'm a member of um, a national breast cancer group and also a younger breast cancer charity on Facebook um, and a local Herefordshire charity on Facebook who um, helped me through with their monthly Zoom sessions and DMs straight to my inbox. Um, and that's the Herefordshire Breast Cancer Support Group. Did, did your hair all fall out when you had treatment? It's looking very curly in yeah. me now. <laughs> It did. It did all fall out, but um, I preempted it, and uh, as a lot of people do, I shaved my hair off first of all. So I always thought if I needed chemo, I'm going to donate my hair to the Princess Trust because it's such a fabulous local charity, and I had lovely long brown hair. So um, yeah, we did a live Facebook shave, which wasn't 
It wasn't very nice for me because I did cry. But um, yeah, we raised, I think we raised around £2,000. Oh, well done. Um, Amazing. March. So, and then it did fall out. We shaved it to like a number one and then the little shards fell out. Yeah, fell out. Yeah, all fell out. Well, it's come back beautifully now. <laughs> curly. Yes, I didn't have curly hair before, but um, <laughs> it's come back curly now. As you were just saying before, I think, you know, and I, I know through my own experiences of different things, it's, it's a human condition that you want to share similar experiences with those who are going through exactly the same thing so tell me about the group that you're part of and is about to be launched yeah so um well the first of all the hereford breast cancer group i'll mention them first of all they've been brilliant because there's women there of all ages and we all share our experiences weekly uh, sorry weekly well you can if you like you can you can chat with you to anybody but monthly um and they have guest speakers there um but the most important thing is um, sharing it with people who've been through a similar um, situation. That there's nothing quite like it, and you will always find there's there's a top tip that you've missed, or there's something you can pass on to somebody. There's a lady I've met through this group. You know, I, I gave her my hats, and I'd had people donate hats and wigs to me. Um, it's it's very reassuring and. It definitely does help you through. I mean, I guess, sadly, not everyone is going to survive, and that that must be hard as well. That's one of the, the awful things um, about having such a good network and community with people is ultimately not everyone will make it. And I think I'm not alone in saying I'm not the only survivor that has had friends um, who haven't made it. Um, and I lost um, a lovely friend I'd made along the journey who was younger than me um, in the autumn of last year and she had three children and we spoke weekly, daily, you know, voice notes etc and we were sharing the same journey and unfortunately she had um, secondary cancer, she had stage four and she she didn't make it mm. and it's such a blow to to everybody because you really feel it on a mm, on I a deep level do. because it brings it home yeah. that you know this this isn't messing about this cancer it, no, it's it's real it's real mm. and it, it is a shock and it can take some time to get over i mean I, even now I'll, I'll go on her facebook profile and still have you know still Aww. still <laughs> still see her yeah, um wish she could talk yeah i wish she could talk but you know it, it makes it it brings it home really that we just need really do need the support mm. um for, for all cancers not just yeah for there are breast cancer. Other all cancer groups as well yes there's um there's actually a new group that's um created in hereford um, called the Hereford All Cancer Support Group, um, and the launch date for that, I believe, is the seventeenth of March at the Salvation Army in Hereford, um, and I'm actually um, one of the founding members of that group, and we hope to bring support um, and services to um, not just breast cancer but all cancers within yeah. the county. I'll see you there. So yeah, you'll see <laughs> you'll see me there. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we were talking earlier before this about men and how they find it more difficult. I think that's one of your thoughts is that there should be more particular help for men. Yeah, I definitely think there should. My uncle was diagnosed with lung cancer before myself and he didn't really talk about it. He didn't tell anybody how rubbish he was feeling. He just kind of shut himself away. There isn't much actually out there for 
men. I mean, Yelaney reach out to um, both sexes, but you find that men, they just, they're kind of... They're not good at talking, no, are they, really? They're not about inward. exposing the, their inner feelings. Yeah, so mm. we would encourage, and I would encourage, men and women to come along, you know, to the And do you think group. that's going to come out of the all-cancer group, or do you think that would should be a kind of separate health group? Um, it will come out of the all-cancer group, yeah. And, you know, if we feel, or if others feel there is a need for a separate men's group to discuss different problems then you know that's something we can look into definitely mm. but I think we need to get the feeders out first of all and see um, what what is actually needed and what the people want. We're here at Yelaney which is a fantastic place have you I imagine you've used what we said earlier you've used their therapists to aid your recovery perhaps you could tell me a bit more about Yelaney. Yeah, so um, I met Nikki at Yelaney many years ago when I did my Reiki, because um, I'm quite a spiritual person. What is Reiki? <clears throat> so Reiki is um, energy healing through your hands and the different points on your body. It's lovely, very lovely. Um, but I knew, obviously, uh, Yelaney was Macmillan um, and did a lot with uh, can- the cancer charity. So m- one of my first thoughts was, right, I need to get down to Yelaney because... I'm pretty sure they can do something for me and spoke to Nikki and then I had an appointment, a telephone appointment, it was actually when I was in bed, I remember it well because I'd just had chemo (laughs) with a Macmillan nurse and she went through everything with me and told me I was entitled to six free sessions, Mm. six hourly sessions of um, therapies of my choice but they also tailored the therapies to my symptoms that they recommended so um, I was having horrendous hot flushes because the chemotherapy just launches you straight into the menopause so I was having night sweats and headaches from chemo and sickness so I had acupuncture which is brilliant they do that here as well yeah they they do acupuncture here I've also had reflexology uh, reiki here they do massage they do the bowen technique there's so many different um, therapies that can help you mentally through a diagnosis mm. as well as physically. I wanted to concentrate more on the, the physical elements I couldn't really control um, because my mind, I think I've got that quite sorted myself. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're fabulous. I imagine that your mental health must take, it must take a toll on your mental health as well the loneliness and coming to terms with something that you never expected yeah it is a it's a big blow I mean I have suffered with anxiety previously um and it was a blow to my mental health Um, my my father had actually been diagnosed with cancer last year with bladder cancer and that had kind of knocked my mental health anyway Mm. so um but I was lucky that I did reach out to my doctor and they have a specialist mental health nurse at the Hereford Medical Group who'd got in contact with me and could talk me through, you know, some medication and, and coping techniques. Um, but again, with my mindfulness um, and my spirituality and mm. my, my crystals yes, um, that I use. Yes, it sounds like you're well equipped. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think I am. But many people aren't. And, you know, mm. I'd like to pass on my top tips really I know a lot of people aren't into spirituality but even if it's a placebo even if it makes you feel better Mm. you know what does it matter (laughs) Mm. 
So, so now you're better, or getting better anyway, are you, you going to do stuff to give something back? Yeah, I want to. Um, as I say, this charity work with the All Cancer Group and working, hopefully, with the Herefordshire Breast Cancer Group as well, just giving some of my time. I also considered doing some volunteering um, in the chemo unit. I'd love to do that and give something back. Can you do that? Are you able to do that? You can. Um, I'm not sure at the moment because of the COVID, COVID because of yeah. the vulnerability of, of the people in there. But I would love, I mentioned before, I'd love to sit and just chat to people having chemo because that's pretty much what I did yeah. I wouldn't shut up <laughs> and they'd plonk me next to somebody who needed pepping up just because I did a lot of pepping up <laughs> yes you seem to have such a kind of light yeah. sense of humour but not get... really but I, I did um, through the pandemic when um, everyone was kind of coming out of Covid times and going out and looking lovely and I'd be there fat and bold uh, feeling sorry for myself and I couldn't go out to the cinema or you know and seeing some of my other friends doing events without me it mm. kind of hit home really mm. um, but other than that no okay. and you're getting out now I hope like yeah I'm getting are. out now yeah, yeah. but I, I tend to catch everything as I said as, as yeah. you know I've caught Covid again yes, yes. <laughs> so, you've got stuff planned for this year though holidays and yes I've got a holiday and booked and it just depends on medical appointments really I've got a big list of things I'd like to do so talking about getting out <laughs> and doing things and now you've got to give me your three top tips for Herefordshire tourism yes I have so um First top tip, I will go with um, Brockle Brock, Quarry, which is at Stretton Suggis, between Stretton and uh, Credden Hill. It's an Never amazing... It. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the best kept secret. The locals will probably kill me, no, but I am a local. That, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's um, a nature reserve, and you can walk right around the edge of the quarry, um, and there's a bridal path, and it's just very beautiful. You can take a picnic there in the summer. That's what we normally do. And you can also, um, well, it's not for swimming, but there's like a shingle beaches. Um, and you can throw stones and skim the stones with the kids. It's very, very nice. Mm. Lovely. Number one. Number, number two. one. So number two is uh, Kenchester Water Gardens, which is a favourite with my boys. One, I can go and look at the fish. Um, and my boys love looking at the fish there as well and we can buy fish too we always have to have a cake because the cakes there are amazing they do brownies and cafe. all sorts yeah in the cafe uh, and three um, they have obviously uh, ponds because it's an aquatic water garden and you can feed the fish so you can buy a bag of fish food and just go around each pond and, and feed the fish good way and of them getting their fish fed yes isn't it? <laughs> it is definitely and lovely for the yeah. kids They've got some huge koi carp, and I think it doesn't matter how many times in the day they're fed, they're still yeah. hungry. Yeah. <laughs> so my third top tip is um, Webley in Herefordshire. So I'm North Hereford, and Webley is just so beautiful. It's a very old historic town full of lovely old buildings, quaint cafes, little restaurants, and also an amazing skate and uh, park, adventure park for the children, which is free, and it's one of the best parks in Herefordshire. Um, and the skate section is amazing and it's always really quiet <laughs> do you skate as well no <laughs> i don't my husband does try when he comes he'll do he'll go on the scooter and he's generally the one to fall off yes yeah, so i went yeah. to have a look and they said did i want to have a go and i thought no this this will be the end of my high sheriff year if yeah I have exactly a go <laughs> no no i'll leave that to the children i'll sit on the bench and watch <laughs>
Well, thank you, Beth. And thank you for sharing your story with me today. Good luck with everything. Your positivity is palpable and your coping strategy of sharing your story with the world must be so helpful for many others too. You can find Beth on Instagram to discover her journey. But meanwhile, she's got a therapy to go to. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much for your time.